All right, good morning, Skyline. How are we doing? All right. Wow, there's a lot of people here. I love it. So cool to see all your faces. Well, those of you who don't know me, my name is Derek. I'm the Life Groups Coordinator here at Skyline. I want to welcome you here, and thank you so much for being here and making Skyline your home. I have a little story for you. This past May, I had the opportunity of traveling down with some of our folks here at Skyline to Dallas, Texas, uh, to the Watermark Church uh, Leadership Conference. And while in one of my uh, workshops, the facilitator uh, was talking to us about a story. And he mentioned that there was this church that was really thriving. They had about 500 members between several of their services on any given Sunday. And they were really growing. They had a lot of outreach ministries, and they were reaching their community. And a lot of people were coming to Christ through this church ministry. But the problem was that the church wasn't growing in numbers. The church actually, as soon as people came in, is as quickly as people left. And so this obviously, this burdened the church leadership. They're wondering, like, why, why are these people leaving? Why is it that we can't grow the way we want to? So they started doing some research, and they found that the majority of the people that actually left weren't attending another church. They just weren't attending church at all. And they realized that although the church was great at evangelizing, they were great at going out to their community and reaching other people for Christ, they actually had an inability to hold people, and because of that, they were doing the opposite. They were actually de-evangelizing their community. And those who were leaving were almost impossible to bring back into their church or into any community of faith. So the senior pastor, he was puzzled, and he said, we got to do something about this. So he decided to get together with the last 12 people that he baptized at the church, and he invited them to dinner at his house. Now, how many of you have ever been to PC and Lori's house for a meal, right? And especially if Lori's cooking, woo, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And they were really excited. They were really excited to be at the pastor's house and to be able to share that meal. So after dinner, he sat them down and he asked them a question. He said, hey, do you guys want to know the future? So these were all new believers. They were like, uh, this guy knows how to tell the future? Uh, yeah, I totally do. So he said, statistically speaking, in the next two to three years, two of you will have marriages that will fail, end up in divorce, and the shame of that ended marriage will have you leave the church. Three of you are going to have some kind of conflict with somebody at church, and then you will end up leaving the church. One of you is going to have some kind of tragedy in your life. You're going to lose your faith, you're going to lose your way, and you'll leave the church. And two of you are going to have some kind of failing in your morality. And because of that conflict, and because of that, you're going to leave the church. And only one of you will remain at this church. And there was dead silence, just like there is right now. And they're like, <gasps> they, they were just all dumbfounded. They just didn't understand how, how could this actually happen? There's no way. And they said, no way. There's no way that that's going to happen to us. And so somebody spoke up and said, hey, pastor, how, how can we prevent that from happening? How can we make sure that that doesn't happen to us? So the pastor said, well, you guys can get together in a group and decide that you're not going to let that happen. So guess what? That's exactly what they did. They got together in a small group, and they decided that they were going to be there to support each other. They were going to be there because guess what? The tragedy came. There were divorces, and they were there to support each other through that. There were issues with conflict. They were there to help each other do that. There was, there was some other issues that happened and took place. They were there, and in four years, only one out of the 12 actually left the church. 
The church had actually gone from losing 10 out of 12 members to only losing one. Now, wouldn't that be incredible to be a part of? Wouldn't that be awesome to be a part of? Well, guess what? You are. You're here at Skyline. So thank you all for being here. And so we're so excited that we get to do that. You know, we started our our series last week, and I'm wearing the shirt, What's Next? Okay? And Skyline is a church that's a church family built on love and grace. 20 years ago, when Skyline first started, that's exactly the vision that God had given uh, Pastor Chris and Lori and a bunch of other members who first started. And they dreamed of a place where we treat one another just like God treats us, where they dreamed of us being one family. And so how do we do that? We get to do that by equipping each other, and we get to be one equipped family. So imagine something small all of a sudden becoming something big. Well, that happened once before. It happened with a simple Jewish carpenter and his 12 friends, they got together, and they decided to change the world. God changed their lives, and then they decided to go out and change other people's lives. Now, do you believe that that can happen today? I know it can, because we are representative of that. We can see that in our own church. And God is actually challenging us. He's inviting us to share the important parts of our lives with other people. You know, I'm going to present the big idea to you today that God wants to equip you and use you to equip others. And here at Skyline, life groups are a part of that. Guess what? Since I'm the life groups coordinator, I get to talk to you guys about that today. And I'm so excited that we get to really get ourselves revved up about joining groups and getting registered for that. But groups are about you finding a home where you feel loved, where you get to build relationships, and then you get to talk about God's word and how you can have that head change and that heart change. And then you can live that out. But you're probably wondering, okay, well, Derek, how do I do that? How do I get together and and, and do that here at Skyline? You know, God has made each and every one of us to be a part of his body. He's made each and every one of you special. Those of you who know VeggieTales, one of the taglines is there. He He made you special and he loves you very much. It's exactly that same thing. He made each and every one of us special. He made each and every one of us with different talents, different abilities to be able to come here and be one family. And none of us can accomplish any of this on our own. We need one another. We need to be one family. And when you're in a group or you're in a community, that's where you connect. That's where you learn to build relationships, and you do that in a healthy way. There might be those of you out here who don't know what that's like. You maybe come from a broken home. You maybe come from a broken marriage. You may be one of those folks who's never experienced that kind of love, that encouragement, that acceptance. This is where we take what God says about life and help each other to put into practice what we learn from his word. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how we do that. How do we equip one another? Well, first and foremost, we love one another. God has called us to love each other, even when we're not so lovely. There's probably people out there in your life that you're like, it's really hard to love this person, but he's called you to do it. In John chapter 13, verse 34, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you so that you must love 
another. By this, all men will know you as my disciples. While Jesus ministered to masses and masses of people, we read in his word on how he impacted so many lives. He did it not only physically, he healed them, but he also did it spiritually. And he also took the time not only just to meet with people in big groups, but he also did it on one-on-one and small group scales. You probably heard of Nicodemus. He is one of, one of the Bible characters. He was a high priest. He met with Nicodemus and, and shared the gospel with him one-on-one. The woman at the well, that Samaritan woman that nobody wanted to be around, he sent his disciples away to go find food and water, and he met with her one-on-one. He did it with Zacchaeus. Okay, you probably know the, the song Zacchaeus was a wheat, that, that character. He met with Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. Nobody liked him, but he chose to meet with him one-on-one. And so on and so on. There's so many countless examples. And we also know that Jesus had a group of people that he met with on a daily basis, and those were his 12 disciples. So God calls us to love one another. He also says in in Matthew chapter 22, verses 38 through 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second greatest thing is to love others, to love your neighbors as yourself. He's calling us to do that. But not only are we supposed to love one another, he also calls us to secondly, accept one another. You know, life groups are to be a place where we accept each other, just like Christ accepted us. There's going to be times that person's coming into a group, coming into a community, and they are full of mess. How many of us are full of mess? I know I am. Yeah. We're all full of that. But regardless, God accepts us regardless of that. You know, Romans chapter 15, verses 5 through 7, it says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ Jesus toward the other. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Then God will be glorified. So Derek, how do I do what Jesus did? How do I go about that? You know, Jesus gave of his time and his energy to people. Anytime he met, he sat down and he took that time and and spent that intimate time with them, even before all these people had it all figured out. And a lot of times we feel, I can only come to Jesus once I've figured it all out. Well, if you do that, let me know how that works, because I haven't figured it all out yet. He communicated God's love to people, even though they may not have made the best choices. I know that I don't always make the best choices, and yet still God in his love and his mercy and his grace, he still loves and accepts me. Life groups are a place where we hold each other accountable and that we admonish one another. Do you guys know what the word admonish means? The word admonish is to give friendly, earnest advice or encouragement to someone out of love. There might be times somebody might be doing something and you have to admonish them. You have to walk alongside them in that mess and you have to bring light to that along with Jesus for for them in their lives, but you walk alongside them in love and then you admonish them. But not only are we called to love one another, to accept one another, thirdly, we're called to encourage one another. I cannot express how many countless times in my life and in so many of your testimonies that you have mentioned how many times people have encouraged you because of your group. 
I remember a, a quick little story from back in January of this year. My family and I experienced a tragedy. We lost our dog, Molly, by a hit and run. And I, I, I'll tell you that we did, not feel, we did not feel great. It was the first time my kids had ever lost someone that was so special to them. But the body of Christ came out and showed out tremendously. I can't tell you the phone calls and the text messages, the care packages that came via Amazon Prime, and we all love finding those boxes on our front step, right? But it was so encouraging just to see, hey, by the way, go check your front step. We sent you something because we love you, and we're praying for you guys, and we want to lift you up during this time. And many of you probably have similar stories to that. We've got a great future and a great hope in Jesus Christ, but sometimes the pressures of the world and the hecticness of the world winds up having us lose sight of that. We, we lose our joy. We lose the courage to keep living sometimes. But in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 10 through 11, it says, He died for us so that we can live with Him forever, whether we are dead or alive at the time of His return. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. That's why Paul wrote this to his friends. He said, encourage each other, build each other up, remind each other of what's important in life. Remind each other of the promises that God has given you. And don't let the world beat you down or beat down your excitement of following Jesus, but build each other up. Build each other's faith by speaking words of encouragement to each other. I'm going to have some of my friends come out and they're going to talk to us about what the impact of their group has had in their life and how they want to encourage you all, if you're not in a group, to be involved in a group. Let's give them a round of applause. So who I've welcomed to the stage, you have Yvette Brabant. Let's welcome her. Woo! We also have Jerry Hammond. We have our worship director, David Falcone. And we have our worship leader, Amy Leone. All right, so Falcon, I want to kick it off to you. I want to ask you, how have you experienced a sense of community with being in a life group at Skyline? Well, so as many of you probably know, we had our third child earlier this year in January. And that journey over these last six to seven months, there's been a lot of highs and there's been a lot of lows. And during those not just the lows, but the highs and the lows, but especially when we were at pretty low points, we had our life group community just pour into us, reaching out to us, hey, do you need food? Hey, do you need a ride somewhere? Hey, do you need someone to stay with the kids? And it wasn't because we asked for it or sought it out, you know? Both Justine and I are not the type of people to really ask for help, so it was, it was in a way, a humbling experience of, no, you, you need to receive the help. Like, for as much as you've poured in, it's, it's okay to, to receive that help. And we, I don't know where we would have been, like, how we would have made it out of some of those lows, if not for the community that we have. Oh, wow. Thank you. Amy, same question for you. How have you experienced a sense of community by being involved in a life group at Skyline? So, for me, I've encountered it many times uh, throughout my time here at Skyline. Uh, but for me, it really was a few months ago, um, I got really sick, and I needed a lot of help with my children and just uh, in general. Uh, and the community of Skyline was always there, uh, offering food, helping with my children, and 
just uh, being there through prayer, spiritually, in every aspect, they were always there. That's awesome. Yvette, I'm going to also then ask you the same question. How have you experienced having a sense of community by being a part of a, a life group at Skyline? I would say um, we have fun. We, we, I mean, not only in our life group time that we're spending each week, but when we do things outside of life group or if we're celebrating somebody's birthday or, um, you know, going to somebody's kid's game, like we do different things together that is just always fun. Like we're, it's just always fun being together, not even just because you're in life group, but even if you're doing something outside of life group, even if you're just seeing your life group members here at church, when you see each other, it's, it's, it's like a smash hug. It's, always, it's just always really, really fun being together. Yeah, it's always neat when you get to see each other outside of here and not necessarily just in the church setting. So let me actually ask Jerry a question. Jerry, can you actually give me a specific instance or an example where you actually felt the body of Christ uh, through your life group when you were going through something challenging or a difficult situation? Absolutely. Um, there was a, a time, a season in my life where I was a bit overwhelmed with life and everything that it came with taking a new role at work and still being a father of two children and a husband to a wife who has a chronic illness. Mm. Um, it was a lot going on. My job caused me to have to stay a bit longer at work, coming earlier, coming on extra days. And selfishly, I kind of abandoned life group trying to just deal with it myself because I didn't want to be a burden so much. Um, just kind of leaning on my own strength. And uh, my life group leader, Mike Tucci, right there in the audience, as a matter of fact, reach out to me. And he just wanted to have a bit of a conversation with me. It wasn't with any judgment or any kind of ridicule. We just, it started as a conversation and slowly built into a little bit of an admonishment where he made me understand and held me accountable to what I was doing. And since then became a lot stronger and uh, allowed my brothers to also bear my burden so I can do that with them as well. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And thank you, Mike, for being such a great leader. Yeah. Um, so, Falcon, same question for you. You know, tell me about a specific instance. I know that you mentioned at the beginning uh, something that you and Justine were going through, but tell me about how you actually felt the body of Christ in, through your life group here at Skyline. Um, so, this is not an ad, but I'm in Derek's life group. Woo! <laughs> so, and it's been really cool that the relationships that I've built, that I've been able to build, that we've built in our life group, um, because sometimes, you know, if we're here, we may not be able to stop and chat with someone. But when you're there with a time set aside for a specific purpose, like it allows some of those those things that you're holding on to or the walls that you're putting up to come down. And I know specifically with you, Derek, you'll check in on me consistently, like on a weekly basis of just like, hey, how's how are you and Justine? How's work? How can I pray for you? And when I'm in those moments of you know, keeping things to myself, not wanting to reach out. Um, that's like a check for me of like to help pull me out of that. So that's one way that I've, I've felt that. And it, that's been the case with a lot, most, almost all the guys in my group of whether it's a weekly thing, a daily thing, or even just being able to go out and grab dinner or grab coffee of just, you know, asking the question like, how are you really? Not just how are you and you have your list of answers, but how are you really? And I've, I've benefited greatly from it. That's awesome. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with Amy. This is a bonus question. Why should everyone here be a part of a group? Tell them. So I encourage everybody to be a part of a group. If you want to experience what uh, the definition of family is, 
if you want to experience love, if you want to experience compassion, uh, just encouragement, and that little push that everybody needs, including me, um, you'll, you will get it in your life group, with, uh, whether it's with the women or it's um, in a combined group. You will receive that encouragement and that push to keep looking for God. What about you? Well, so I've, I've fought this for many years of being here, but I've really gotten a, taken a hold of the fact that we aren't meant to walk alone. So, like, this is something that Jesus calls us to do. Like, it's, you know, whether you're just coming here or you've been here a while, like, this is a really easy step to do that, to not be alone. Like, you're going to be surrounded with people that genuinely do love you and care about you. Um, it's weird at first, you know, um, especially I know it, it can get weird for guys at first, but... Man, just that consistent saying yes, it's, you're, you're going to see the fruit and you're going to see the benefit of it. Yeah. How about you, Jerry? Why should they be a part of a group? I would say if you want to encourage and be encouraged, if you want to strengthen and be strengthened, if you want to hold accountable and be held accountable, um, if you want to sharpen and be sharpened, if you want to feel love authentically and genuinely and give that in return life group is a, a great place to start um, it's mutually beneficial for character and spiritual development to be a part of a, a life group yeah. and then how about you well everything they said <laughs> um, that should be her hashtag seriously mm -hmm. yeah but i if you you know, once you are in a life group and you give it a good shot and you start growing relationships with the people in your life group, you will have an incredible um, group of people to lean on through anything that you're going through. So it's worth it spiritually to learn things together, to just um, work on things in your life together with them, to everything they said. Like, it really does. It's very true. It really happens. That's awesome. Let's give them a hand, guys. Thank you all so much. So you guys see, it's not just me saying it. This is testimony specifically from people in groups who have been encouraged by their groups speaking life into them and, and to encourage and to love them and to support them. So we talked about how, how do we do this? We talked about love one another, accept one another, encourage one another. But fourthly, we want to bear with and forgive one another. One thing that you're going to find here at Skyline, you're, in small groups especially, you're going to find a lot of imperfect people, okay? Anybody in here perfect? Not one hand. Ah, we got one hand over there. There's always one in a group that's, that does that. But you're going to find a lot of imperfect people being led by an imperfect leader, okay? But the beauty above that, about that is there's always grace that's shown. I can, I can think of a few times where I have said something, I'm like, ooh, I probably should not have said that. And there's just grace from my group. And they're like, ah, we got you. That's all right. You said it wrong, but that's okay. So there's grace there. Okay, And in the midst of all this imperfection, you're going to find a group of people that are just like you. You're going to find a group of people that are wanting to be loved. They're wanting to be accepted. They're wanting to be encouraged. And, and they're seeking after God. And you're going to find people who are striving to discover God's will for their lives, and they're going to try to live that out. And you're going to find people who are ready to forgive you regardless of your faults, regardless of your flaws, because they realize that they're not perfect themselves. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verses um, 13 through 15 says, you must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive them for those who offend you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, 
So you must forgive others. And the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Love is what binds us all together in perfect harmony. Love is what brings a family together. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. So we're called to love one another, to accept one another, to encourage one another, to bear with and forgive each other. But lastly, we're also called to serve one another. You know, Christ has set us free from all kinds of rituals, from all kinds of bondage. He's, he's not asking us for all these tremendous good works in order to gain his favor. We're actually free from that. And Paul writes to his friends here, and he points that we're to use the freedom that he has given us to serve one another. He's inviting us to serve one another. That's why at a, in a Skyline small group, you're going to find people who they demonstrate their love for one another by helping each other. And they don't do it because they have to. They do it because they love each other. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. Like I said, we don't, we don't do this just because we have to. We do this because we love one another and because we're a family. And that's what families do. They become one. They become united. So have any of you ever seen a redwood tree? Anybody ever seen these trees here? Anybody recognize them? They are some of the tallest trees in the world. Okay, They can grow up to 300 feet tall, and some of them are over 2,000 years old. Okay, And so you think a tree that's this big should have massive roots, right? You should think that these suckers should be going all the way down to almost the core of the earth. But when you think about it, redwoods actually have a very shallow root system. You guys all recognize this tree, this next one that's going to be popping up here? What is that tree? Anybody know? Oh, somebody said it. An oak tree. Yes. Oak trees only get to about 20, 30 feet, but their root system goes 20 to 30 feet into the ground. That's why they're called the mighty oak. That's why when storms come, the oak is not going anywhere. Okay, unless Jesus takes that tree right out of the ground himself, that tree is not going anywhere. But the redwoods, they have a shallow root system. So when storms come and and there's lots of weather and other things that are happening, you're expecting that this 300-pound giant or 300-foot giant is going to come tumbling down. But actually, it doesn't. The redwoods tree's roots, even though they're shallow, they actually can survive because their roots are intertwined with one another. You look at those redwood trees, and they're right next to one another, and they take their roots and they intertwine and interweave themselves with one another for support. And that's what God calls us to do. Those redwood trees, they survive and they stand and hold each other up because their root systems are able to help them endure the storm. That's what groups do for you, folks. That's what being a part of the body of Christ does for you. We're here to interweave ourselves and to interlock our roots, our foundation on God, first and foremost, and then with each other. So when those storms come, because guess what? They're going to come. When those tragedies, when those issues, when those conflicts come, and they will, we can be here to hold each other up. When we join together and we build relationships, we can begin to develop an interlaced 
root system that will stabilize and support us through those life storms. And we play a vital part of each other's faith journey. You know, the closer that we stand in community together, we can endure these storms of life. And sometimes people, they come hurting because they, they're just so devastated by these life trials. And so often it's because they failed to engage. They failed to be a part of that body. There's always going to be pain in this life. There's always going to be frustrations and disappointment. And life has its trials. And in order to really survive those trials, we need to be rooted in God and then rooted in community. And the way we do that is by becoming one family, getting yourself involved in a group. So, you know, the value of community can only be understated and hardly uh, understated and, and hardly overstated. We need one another. And the different parts of the body of Christ, they need to connect with one another like never before so that we can have an impact on this lost and dying world. And God's inviting us to do this. God's inviting us to be a part of His body. God is calling us, and He's calling each and every one of us to be a part of this. So I, I say, if you're not involved in a group today, don't leave this place without getting involved in a group. You're going to have some people out there who are going to have these orange shirts on, and they're going to be out there and waiting for you that if you're not involved in a group, they, you can ask them, and they can show you how you can get involved in a group. And if you've been in a group, and you've been getting tugged on your heart and saying, you know what, I feel like, like God's calling me to help further. Guess what? We could easily have other groups and have facilitators, or your current life group leader can help apprentice you to becoming a leader. And leaders, those of you who are leading a group, are you praying for your people? Are you praying for your people on a daily basis that God can use you to impact their lives and to walk alongside them? You know, are you ready to be a part of the body of Christ? God is calling you. He's inviting us to be one family, to equip each other to be a part of His family. What are you going to do about that today? Let's pray. God, we're just so grateful for just the awesome opportunity that we have to be a part of your family. Thank you for all these folks who are here today and they're just ready to take those next steps. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your family and thank you that we get this opportunity on a daily basis to love you and to grow and then to help others grow. Thank you that we have the privilege to be a part of one family and that you're equipping us to then be able to equip others. I pray that as we get ready to start this new campaign that's coming up, that we get to impact lives for your kingdom. Thank you that we get to do that. And in your name we pray, amen.